Welcome everyone to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I am your host, Antonio Garza, and it is a beautiful, beautiful night, 47 degrees Fahrenheit, wind 25 miles per hour, and precipitation at 0%. This weekend, oh my god, I wanted to watch so much stuff, but there is this little thing called the New Japan Cup, and between last week's episode and this week's show, we had six shows of the New Japan Cup. And so, like, I wanted to watch uh, Noah's Great Voyage in Fukuoka to see uh, Keiji Muto submit Kaito Kiyomiya. And that was the only match that I was able to watch of the whole show. So, I, 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 I mean, I can't even talk about the show itself. Because I was only able to watch one match. I didn't even get to watch uh, DDT's uh, show where with Ueno versus Okada. And so for this week's episode, it's it's going to be New Japan Cup heavy, heavy, heavy. Uh, the one show that I was able to watch and mostly because of obligation and nothing else was Impact Wrestling Sacrifice. Uh, so we'll be talking about Sacrifice right after we are done talking for, about the New Japan Cup. But yes, we do have to talk about... Um, it was day 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and today's that was 10. Six shows. Oh my god. There was just like so much uh, New Japan Cup. And, and we're not even done. Uh, we are still, I think, three shows left of the New Japan Cup and then Sakura Genesis. So uh, we might as well get into it. Um, let's see. We left off at day four. Uh, in day four, we had Sonata defeating Ishii and Nagata defeating Suji. That was the last uh, New Japan Cup matches that we, we, we talked about last week. So this week we start with the day five from Fukuchiyama Kyoto, Japan. This show, I'm not probably going to be able to talk about all the matches. Um, I'm probably just going to focus on the New Japan Cup matches. But I'll still let you know that in the undercut, under, under, undercard, undercard, the Bullet Club, the team of Bad Luck Valley, Dick Togo, Evil, and Kenta defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, Toriyano, and Juja Uemura. Uh, the United Empire, the Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and Will Ospreay defeated Satoshi Kojima, Tomoaki Honma, and Juji Nagata. Los Ingobernables de Japón, Bushi Sanada, Chingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito defeated Chaos, Hiroki Goto, Kazuchika Okada, Sho, and Tomohiro Ishii. And then we had three matches in the New Japan Cup first round first we saw David Finley defeat Chase Owens which was I mean it was okay it is like this is the corner of the brackets that is just incredibly weak it has the Finleys the Owenses the Hanares and so I mean there's not much to these matches there they are for the most part you know two and a half to three stars at most uh, and so first it was Finley defeating Chase Owens. 
we had Joshihashi defeat Juhiro Takahashi and JY defeat Tohenare. And so just looking at those three matches, you know, like there's really nothing happening. Uh, I think the like what I could say the best is like I personally found Joshihashi versus Takahashi uh, quite better than I expected. I, I actually think that Joshihashi got a better match out of Juhiro than Okada did last year. I think it's mostly because both Joshihashi and Takahashi are kind of like in the same level in the promotion. They're both uh, about the same size, the same height, the, the same not wrestling style, but the same speed. And like if you compare this match to the Okada you hear matches, Okada is just way too fast, way too like tall for Yuhiro. And in this case, Yoshihashi and Yuhiro just kind of seem like more similar. So it was okay. Um, in the previous match, Owens, I thought looked okay. And Finley, Finley has been looking okay. Uh, actually, I, I, I'm finding Finley way more appealing than Juice Robinson in this tournament. But again, it was like a, a nothing match. And the main event of this show was Jay White defeating Toa Henare. Uh, and I'm sorry, Jay White is just like miles ahead of Toa Henare. Like, it, like Henare looked good. He had some hope spots, but realistically, I mean, I don't know. It, it was just like watching an opener. It's, you know, like White is so ahead that Hinari looks like a young lion still. And so, I don't know. Uh, I don't think I gave many of these matches like more than three stars. Um, yeah, because there really wasn't much to them. Uh, but I don't know. Like, it's... It's part of what needs to happen. <laughs> uh, the the I think White versus Hanare got the the highest rating, of course, with an eight out of ten. And yeah, it was still the first round. This is the back corner. We we had to get through this little bump. We did so good. Like there's no no need to like keep on. I'm focusing on it to be honest. Uh, the next up we had the New Japan Cup from the 11th of March. This was this took place in Matsuyama in Japan. Uh this again the the undercard we saw Chaos, the team of Ishii and Joshihashi defeat Finley and Suji. Um it's okay. They were already building Joshihashi versus Finley, which they they built it for a while and and I got never excited. <laughs> uh Bullet Club, the team of Fale Hado and Yuhiro Takahashi defeated Kojima, Honma, and Juja Wemura. Nothing match. Chaos, uh, Hiroki Goto, Kazuchiko Okada, and Sho team up with Yuji Nagata to defeat Los Ingobernables de Japón, Bushi, Sanada, Chingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito. Um, again, it was okay. At this point, we're still doing like uh, some Chingo versus Goto, and a lot of Na we're getting a lot of Okada versus Naito, so it was good for the most part. Um, and finally, we got Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, and Tuakinari to defeat the Bullet Club team of Chase, Owens, Jay White, and Kenta. And at this point, Tanahashi and White started to have like a little story about how Jay White is going to save Tanahashi's legacy from being destroyed. Because if Ibushi gets his 
his wish and unifies the championships, uh, Tanahashi's legacy will be gone. And so Jay White is trying to help Tanahashi, you know? <laughs> it's, it's a nice little story. And obviously, they, they've been just doing the whole comparing their, their bodies throughout the tournament. So that's always like a really fun interaction between Jay White and, and Tanahashi. And we get into the 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 matches of the New Japan Cup for this day. Uh, again, this was the 11th. And on the first one, Toriyano defeated the Great Okan. This is a match that I've seen most people say that it was bad. Actually, this show overall, most people have said, well, not most, some people have said it was bad. I attributed that they are your usual work rate junkies. I personally enjoy Yano Okan a lot. Um, I actually thought Okan losing to Jano after having defeated Naito was the best person to lose to because Jano is a guy that can defeat anyone at any given time. Uh, we've seen it in the, in the G1, we've seen it in the New Japan Cup, we see it everywhere. Uh, Jano can always defeat anyone and not have them lose any credibility. And so it's better for Naito and for Okan, especially Okan. Like, if you're going to have a big win, don't go and waste it by losing to another, like, guy. In this case, I mean, we know Okan lost not because he was uh, out-wrestled or just defeated. It was because he's Jano, you know? And so I actually enjoy this match a lot. Uh, and I thought this was the better like booking decision uh, when it comes to Ocon. And the other one was Ebel defeating Jeff Cobb. I thought, I thought actually like this was one of the better Ebel matches uh, because this was two guys with similar builds and they were just like going at each other. And, and I found that enjoyable. Like it made me realize how little um, uh, hosses we have in New Japan. Like, everyone seems to be, like, about the same size or, like, super ripped. But we don't have, like, big, like, just bulky guys like Ebel and Cobb. And, like, you compare it to All Japan, who has, like, uh, Suwama and Ishikawa and technically, I mean, sure, Ashino. Uh, and then you have, like, uh, Suze. And, you know, the bodyguard, there's a bunch of guys. And then you have, like, Daisuke Sekimoto in some other places, Jujio Kawayashi, like, sometimes coming in and out. And so it made me realize how small, in a way, the New Japan uh, roster is uh, with this match. And, I don't know, like, I enjoyed uh I thought both Evil and Cobb looked extra strong because they were doing certain moves on each other that, you know, they just look impressive when they're performing on, on someone big. Um, I I liked uh, Cobb obviously fighting against both Evil and Togo, which always happens. You have to f fight both guys, so it was it was enjoyable. I I like this match. Uh, I think to both these matches, I think on on Yano I gave it about a three point five stars, and Evil versus Cobb I gave it four stars, and I think I gave double the stars that most people were giving them uh because work rate so yeah i mean i don't know what what wrestling they're watching that they think evil versus cop was so so bad uh but i don't know there's everyone has their own opinions you know uh next up we had the show from the 13th this is day 7th this is nagoya 
Japan. And we open up with Chaos, the team of Ishii, Jano, and Joshihashi defeat David Finley, Gabriel Kidd, and Jota Suji. We had the United Empire, the Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and Will Ospreay defeat the team of Suzuki Gon, Doki Taichi, and Zack Sabre Jr. And let me just make a pause. I'm enjoying the United Empire so much. I think they're my favorite things of the whole uh, tournament, both their singles matches and their uh, tag matches, especially. And of them all, this little like Suzuki Gun versus United Empire feud that started with, because of Osprey versus Saber has been the greatest thing. I've I've loved it. It's been so so fucking awesome. Um, I don't know. I I just love their their interactions together, and you know Tai Chi versus fighting. I mean versus Cobb or Khan is also like great. I don't know. I just enjoy it so much. Uh, we also had Los Ingobernables de Japón, Bushi Sanada, Tetsuya Naito defeat uh, Kazuchika Okada and Sho and Juji Nagata um, of Chaos. And we had the Bullet Club, the team of Fale, Evil, and White defeat Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, and Tohenare. Uh So again, that corner of the tournament is not particularly awesome, but White and Tanahashi does kind of save it. And we had our two matches of the the tournament this were were both second round matches first up kenta defeated minor suzuki i thought the match was good but i i think i i i overhyped myself in this match i was kind of like i don't know if if uh, you listener have seen uh the pro wrestling noah 2005 match with kenta and suzuki and in my mind, I was just kind of like thinking of that. And so this match is like taking place, f- you know, 15 years later, uh, where Kenta is not the same guy. Suzuki's obviously like way older. And so like I thought the match was good, uh, but it took a while to get there. Um, they They did a lot of stalling, a lot of like playing around and stuff like that. And it wasn't until like it got into the Kenta match with the slaps that it got really, really good. Like these guys were slapping the shit out of each other. Like it just it was one of those matches where it just feels stiff. And I mean, I got no complaints. I I, I love this this type of violence, but it was just one of those like, whoa man, like these guys are like just going out on each other. Um and the the finish was perfect, but I, I, I don't know, like I was okay with the finish. I I just kinda wished it played out differently. The finish saw Suzuki go for the the GSP and Kenta reverse it into the GTS for the win. It was it was okay. And the main event of the show was I think my third favorite match of the whole tournament. This was Chingo Takagi defeating Hiroki Goto. This was just awesome. Two like strong style guys going at each other and beating the shit out of each other. Lariats galore, forearms all over the place. Oshigoroshis versus Made in Japan's, and it was just like a great, great like back and forward, like just two motherfuckers beating the shit out of each other. Like this, this is what I fucking love. And so, uh, I think I went with like. Four and a quarter of stars in this match. Um, Because, yeah, it was just awesome. It was like Shingo Takagi 
like I don't think he's the the he's a favorite on his side of the the brackets for sure, hundred percent. But I like he's not the favorite for me in the tournament. But I have seen like a lot of people who think this is Takagi's year. I just cannot really see Takagi main eventing Sakura Genesis against uh, Ibushi. So I don't know. Uh, but um, he he just looks he's been fantastic. Uh, you know, Okada match was the best match until this one, and then right now he has like the second best match. Uh, it will be surpassed by another match coming soon uh no spoilers yet but um yeah chingo is just like on a fucking roll and that brings us to the show on the 14th this show took place in amagasaki kyogo japan this is night eight of the new japan cup uh the undercard we go with Chaos, a team of Ishii, Yano, and Yoshihashi defeat Finley, Jota Suji, and Juja Wemura. At this point, we're still building Yoshihashi versus Finley, and it's just not exciting. The Bullet Club, the team of Fale, Owens, and Kenta defeated Suzuki Gun, Doki, Minoru Suzuki, or Mizuki, as Kenta calls him, and Taichi. Uh, so at this point, they're really, really doing a lot of Suzuki versus Kenta. And since they're not really wasting time in like the setup or the buildup, it's just been like straight into the the striking exchange. So it, the tag matches with Kenta and Suzuki have been pretty good. Uh, Chaos, a team of Goto, Okada, and Sho defeated Los Ingobernables de Japón, Bushi, Shingo Takagi, and Naito. At this point, we're building Goto versus Shingo. Well, we're not building Goto versus Shingo, but we're kind of like following up with that pair up. And we're still doing a lot of Okada versus Naito, so that's good. And Hiroshi Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, and Toahenal defeated the team of Evil, Jay White, and Yohiro Takahashi. Um, and this one is still built. This one is building White versus Tanahashi. And so night uh, eight, the New Japan Cup matches, also second round matches. First, we saw Sanada defeat Juji Nagata. This was. It was good. It was like just super, super basic wrestling. Uh, Nagata's not a guy that can go and wrestle everyone else's match, but he's a guy that has a little bit of everything, and so he can have a good match with pretty much everyone. And and so this had like a combination of like submission work and chain wrestling. It had some striking, and then it had like a lot of Sanada stuff. Uh, leading up to the end where Sanada won with uh, he had the skull end and then he hit the moonsault for the win uh, I this went 18 minutes I thought it could have been shorter I didn't really see the point of going so so long with Nagata but I didn't really at the same time like nothing felt extra it, it wasn't like those matches where I just felt like oh man this is just going way too far um uh, so I don't know. Like I enjoyed it. It wasn't like a super super amazing match. Uh, nothing that you need to go out of your way to watch. But for sure, it was a, a a good basic wrestling match. And the main event, though, this is a match that you need to go out of your way to watch. This is the the match of the tournament that you need to go out of your way to watch. 
And this was William Osprey defeating Zachary Saver Jr. And this was fucking awesome. Uh, this is my favorite match of the tournament. And granted, we still have a couple of potentially huge matches coming up. We're not huge, just like really good matches. But uh, I don't know if anyone's going to surpass this because I love this match. Uh, they... they they had a, uh, I mean, I've seen Saber and Osprey wrestle each other since they were in progress, like really early on. I've seen both like Osprey and Saber be heels against each other. I've seen, uh, you know, the mat work and everything. I've seen like high flying Osprey versus Zack Saber. I've seen like everything between them two. To be honest, uh, they haven't. They the la their last match was last year at high stakes. Uh, from Repro, that was for the British Undisputed uh, Championship, which Osprey still holds, and so it's hard to like have a match between these two guys and still make it feel fresh. But they actually manage it because uh, Osprey is just a guy that has evolved. Like he always evolves a lot, like constantly, but. Since the last time these two guys met, he has evolved like so much. Not only is he now bigger than than Saber, which wasn't always the case, uh, he now has a different heelish persona. He now has a a different. He's like smarter. He's more intelligent, and and I don't know. Like it just clicked perfectly for me in this match. Um, the story here was pretty much that Osprey is incredibly cocky, but he he has like a shoulder taped up, and so Saver went after that shoulder, and the the whole match worked around uh, just that, like Osprey being cocky, and then Saver just coming back at him and picking his spots and always hurting the the shoulder, working up to the to the end where uh, Osprey had to just straight up use his. His uh now newly found uh power advantage to hit the the stormbreaker for the win. Uh, Saver, I mean Saxaver Osprey broke his nose in this match. I I didn't exactly see where it happened. I just noticed it after Saxaver did La Mística, and at that point I started to see like some red on Osprey. And as the match went on, like his whole like. Just mouth and nose was a mess. Uh, like some blood. Definitely a lot, some blood. And it just like looked gruesome. But I don't know. Like I, It's one of those where like I didn't think the, the blood helped this match. Because this wasn't that type of match. Uh, but it was definitely noteworthy for sure. And it's going to come into play later. Uh, I think. I hope. Because we, we saw hints of... of Osprey using the nose for something in today's show, actually. Uh, so yeah, like th this this match, go and watch it. I give it four point five stars. I fucking loved this match. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. It was just like it was Osprey and Saber, like doing what they do best, but like even better. So moi, Jeff's kiss. <laughs> Uh, next up, we had day nine of the New Japan Cup. We are going through these guys really quickly. Uh, this at this point, we are back in Tokyo. Uh, 
day nine and ten were both in Kuraken Hall. Uh, so day nine, we started up with Suzuki Gun defeating the Bullet Club. This were uh, Doki El Desperado and Minoru Suzuki versus Haro Kenta and Taiji Shimori. At this point, we're seeing more Suzuki versus Kenta, and we saw hints and potential um, plans to do a Taiji Shimori versus Desperado match. Given that we have the finals coming up, and then we have Sakura Genesis. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a Kanemaru Desperado versus Phantasmo and Ishimori match for the tag titles and then Ishimori versus Desperado for the junior heavyweight at Sakura Genesis. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh there definitely seem to like be put there in a weird way. Suzuki Gun is kinda turning babyface-ish. Uh, or at least when they're wrestling the United Empire and the Bullet Club, they're just like slightly more babyface-ish. And so, I don't know, we, we may see this pair up between Desperado and Ishimori uh, in a singles match. We saw the United Empire, the Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and William Osprey defeat the team of Taichi, Joshinobu Kanemaru, and Zack Sabre Jr., so they just like did a little bit more Osprey versus Zack Saber here. Uh Tai Chi versus either Cover or Khan is fantastic. So it was fun. Uh, and as always, Jeff Cobb gets the win with the Tour of the Islands. Every I think every single United Empire match, uh Jeff Cobb has won the, the match with the Tour of the Islands. And so like they're pretty unstoppable at this point. Like Osprey is is the only one alive in the tournament, but the team is having a pretty good tour if you think about it and the, the last of the tag matches was Los Ingobernables de Japón, Buchi Sanada and Chingo Takagi defeat the team of Goto, Ryusuke Taguchi and Juji Nagata in what was probably like one of the weirdest teams of the whole tournament, the whole tour um, at this point they're they're still playing around with Takagi versus Goto and Sanada versus Nagata since uh there's not a lot of, a lot of people left to build up the the quarterfinals because at this point uh this side of the the brackets are in the quarterfinal area and we're going to finalize the other side of the the brackets quarterfinals with the new Japan Cup uh second round matches of this day first up we saw David Finley defeat Joshihashi in what was an perfectly well wrestled match that just felt like nothing <laughs> it's it's between two guys that have like no luck at defeating their their upcoming challenger so like the next match is white and tanahashi like so there's no chance that either finley or joshihashi are going to defeat either white or tanahashi and so this match just kind of felt like like it was there because it had to be there but not because we're, we're actually like oh this could be interesting like you can't even tell the dark horse story with finley or joshihashi at this point because the way that things have worked out hasn't been about like oh man like finley's like like defeating some big names or, or anything or, or joshihashi like finley straight up like defeated uh chase owens and joshihashi juhiro you know so like there's nothing to bloat about and so 
this match just kind of felt like it was there and but but it was good like it was well wrestled uh finley like i said has been looking really good as a singles guy right now better than juice robinson for sure uh and joshi hashi you know joshi hashi is that type of guy that has really good matches with certain type of people i didn't think finley was one of those but the match was again well wrestled it was good uh and the main event was jay white defeating hiroshi tanahashi uh if we want to compare white versus tanahashi matches which they had many 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 at this point i'd say that this was far from being their best one but again just because it's white and tanahashi they had a pretty decent match a pretty good match um this match Mm, for those that are crazy about interferences, I can tell you that there wasn't uh, that much Gato in this match. Uh, the one point that he tried to interfere, Tanahashi just quickly hit a dragon screw and got him out. So there was not a lot of interferences or anything like that. Um, there was The story here was that they both kind of worked on each other's leg, but uh, White just kept going for Blade Runner like really early on. And uh, and eventually one of those landed and he he won the match, and and that was it. It was like a, a just uh, just a match really too, like nothing really special. I thought that this was one of the weaker shows of the whole tournament, at least like in the lower half of the of the shows. And I don't know, like it's not disappointing at this point. It was just like again, it's the weak corner of the whole brackets and. The one match that could have saved things was Wade and Tanahashi, and it was better than everything else we've seen in this corner. It just wasn't that good either. Anyway, so that is it for the second round matches. Uh, we are now in the level of the quarterfinals, um, and it took place today, uh, the day that I'm recording, the 16th of March. We had a show again in Karuaken Hall, Tokyo, Japan. It opened with Tenkoji and Juji Nagata, the New Japan Dads, versus the Young Lions, the Gabriel Kid, Suji, and Yuya Wemura. The New Japan Dads won. This, in a way, was like a change of pace of a lot of things that we'd seen throughout the tournament. So it was nice. It was like just. Like, these guys always have pretty decent matches. Uh, like, Kojima or Nagata versus any of those three kids is usually really good. So, it was a, it was a good match. Uh, we saw the Bullet Club, the team of Fale, Owens, and Jay White defeat David Finley, uh, Juice Robinson, and Toa Henare. Uh, I don't know. Like, it was okay. They're, they're building White versus Finley. Again, similar to Henare, like... Finley's great, nothing against him, but when you pair him up with Jay White right now, he just feels like like nothing compared to Jay White. He Jay White is just like on like three different levels above. And so he just overshadows everyone. He's like just a titan right now. Uh the United Empire, Jeff Cobb and William Osprey defeated Los Ingobernables de Japón, Bushi and Sonata. And this was really interesting because Osprey is right now telling the story that he is scared shitless that he's going to get his nose um, hurt again. 
And so he is like, it wasn't just against Sonata, but like even with Bushi, like he was just, he kept covering his face. And so he like, I want, when the match started, he's asking like Sonata, like, Hey, let's just have a match. Don't punch me in the face. Let's just like wrestle and like, like that. And I don't know. I think it's, it's going to come into play in the Osprey versus Sonata, uh, quarterfinal match and it may be interesting it, it'll tell a different story so i think at this point that's that that will be welcomed uh happily just to see like a, a story in one of these matches and and it was fun i mean osprey versus sonata should be a great match i i have no no doubts on it <laughs> uh but adding this little layer of storytelling about the nose should be good and finally, we got the two matches of the tournament. These are the quarterfinal matches of Evil defeating Toru Yano, which, weirdly enough, I thought it was a perfectly fine match. And it was, it, it really had like not, no comedy at all. Like Yano did part of his stick early on, but it wasn't comedy. Evil didn't go for it and it just ended up being a match in the ring where Yano had to like start suplexing Evil around and fighting against Togo and the only bad thing was a part of the of the finish where Churu Yano like get like at, gets rid of Togo and grabs his wire that, that he uses to choke people and so he starts choking Evil he throws him under the ring and he's go for the, the count out then the lights go out and Evil appears in the ring and uh, hits everything as Evil on Yano for the win. This was eight minutes. It wasn't like that bad. Uh, again, all the work rate junkies and anti-comedy people like, oh, this was the worst thing in the world. But when it comes to like, even like if when it comes to Yano matches, this was pretty, pretty decent. Uh, I, I thought the the... The layout of the match was worked perfectly. I thought the like the only bad thing was the the lights out thing because unless we saw like Dick Togo disappear and I didn't really pay attention, uh, there was no reason why the lights sh should have gone out. But that's it. That is it. Like they, if this match just we if we would have seen Evil just walk out of the other side of the ring, creep in on on Yano and then hit everything is evil. This would have been like a perfectly good match. Um, so I think at this point, people just complain of Jano because of a bias, but that is it. Uh, and the main event was Chingo Takagi defeating Kenta. Um, the way that I would describe this was that this was Kenta's best match of the tournament, but it was Chingo's worst. But then again, Chingo is coming off uh, the Okada and the Goto matches we were both at one point when they took place the best match of the tournament and so it's not like a bad thing to to say that this was worse uh takagi's worst match the this was i guess kind of similar to the suzuki and kenta match where it just started slow but once they got into kenta's like uh strike battle it got really really good the striking between these two guys wasn't as stiff as suzuki but it was still really, really good. Um, 
And again, we had a couple of near falls, you know, with Kenta going for the game over and going for the GTS and Shingo Takagi uh, going for the, the, what's it called? The, the Last of the Dragon, stuff like that. Uh, we had a, like a couple of good near falls too. Uh, at one point, Kenta kicked out of Made in Japan, which, I mean, you should get kicked out of. And Shingo kicked out of the Busaiko Hino Hisageri, the better known as the Busaiko Uni. Uh, so it was good. And at the end, Shingo just won with a pumping bomber and the last of the dragons after countering the GTS, I think. I think it was the GTS. So I, I, this was, yeah, like I said, like this was more about a, a three and three quarters pushing it to four star match. But it was good. Um like I said, Kenta's best match and and good. And so this is where we at at this point with the New Japan Cup. Um it's I mean we we we're just getting like so many shows uh every you know, almost every day at this point that like I think tomorrow is going to be our first break <laughs> since last weekend. And so just to give you a quick rundown on where we are at, uh, we have Ebel uh, versus Shingo Takagi as a semifinal from one side. And we have, we saw two quarterfinals. We have uh, William Osprey versus Sonata and David Finley versus Jay White taking place on the 18th. Um, that I believe is Thursday, yes, Thursday, and that's gonna give us the semifinal of what I'm calling. I think it's gonna be Osprey versus White. I just feel that that's gonna be it. Uh, it could be Sonata versus White, but I just feel like Osprey. It's a, it's. I think it's Osprey's year. So, and then on the twentieth, uh, I think that's Saturday, we're going to have the semifinal matches. Uh, like I said, uh, Ebel versus Chingo and potentially Osprey versus White or Tsunada versus White. Yeah, I, there's no way Finley's winning. <laughs> and then on the 21st, that Sunday, we're going to have the finals. And the finals, uh, the, the, well, the winner will be going against Ibushi at Sakura Genesis. Uh, I don't know if Sakura Genesis already has a date. Let me double check really quick. Because um, New Japan does have the, the their calendar out like really early on, but not necessarily their uh, their cards. Obviously, the cards cannot be fully built until you have the you know the results of the previous matches. So yeah, we so we have Sakura Genesis. It says day one. I don't know if there's going to be more days for Sakura Genesis, but it is going to take place on the 28th at Takasaki, Japan. Um, and then the, the final two nights of the New Japan Cup will take place in Sendai. That's the 20th and 21st. And the last match that we are, I mean, the last show that we're missing on the 18th is going to be on Shizuoka, Japan. And let me see. now. There's still no cards for the for the final day, but like I said, I am expecting to see potentially um, the junior tag belts being defended on that show. Uh, maybe the the upper the heavyweight tag teams too, because we haven't seen uh, Tamatonga and, and Toa Genare, I mean Toa Genare, 
and Tangaroa since the start of the the tour. And yeah, that, that I mean that's it for New Japan right now. Like we are just we have one day to to rest and then back into the to the grind for the final quarter final matches and then into the semifinals. Uh, but yeah, I think once we're past this weekend, uh, we may be able to take a break from New Japan for a while. I do not think we're going to get a best of the Super Juniors at this point of the year. It hasn't been announced, but we don't know. Um, but yeah, so hopefully next week we can watch other promotions. Please, New Japan. Let me watch other promotions. This this is how you monopolize uh, wrestling, not by buying companies, just by having shows every fucking week and making them matter. But the other show that took place this weekend that we actually made time to watch was Impact Wrestling's Sacrifice. And since we're done with Japan and we just have Impact left, yeah, you know it. It is time for the Impact Traffic Report. Welcome everyone to Impact Wrestling. So we have both Sacrifice and the Fallout of Sacrifice to talk about when it comes to Impact Wrestling. We are going to start with Sacrifice. Uh, overall, I thought Sacrifice was a really good show. It started slow, but once the title matches started, I thought the matches like they just got better. Uh, there were three particular matches that I thought were just like top-notch matches for different reasons, uh, and we we're gonna go over them. Like th this show, I definitely like deserves a slight uh, more closer look into. Uh, we can start with Decay, the team of Block Torres and. Crazy Steve, along with Rosemary, defeating Reno Scum. Not much of a story here. Um, they just kind of challenged them, themselves before the, like in the Go Home show. And Torres got the win over Thornstow. Um, but that was it. Like, nothing special. Uh, everyone looked okay, for that matter. But it was just like a good opener. It was just there. Uh, we had Tanil Dashwood and Caleb with a K defeat the team of Havoc and Nevea. This was virtually every Tennille match that you've seen where she gets some offense and then Caleb uh, loses the offense and then Tennille never wants to help her help him. And so they end up either losing or, 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 or winning because of Tennille going back and just getting the win over someone. And in this case, uh, Dashwood got the win over Nevea. Um, the only thing here is that this adds into Nevaeh's and Havok's um, losing streak. Uh, but I don't know if that's going to matter come uh, the Fallout episode, which we're going to talk about, because I have no idea what the direction of a lot of the women's matches are going to be. But we'll, we'll talk about it. We had the Beer Guns, a team of James Storm and Chris Saban, with Jake Something defeat Violent by the sign, the team of... Uh, Diener and Joe Doring versus uh, and with Eric Young as their second. This was another okay match. Um, like it was good. It was the story was similar to the previous match where uh, you have Diener 
getting beat on, but then when Joe Dorian comes in, he con controls the match. So it's kind of like a similar situation. Um, the big ending here was that the match kind of like became chaos as usual with Young and Jake something on the outside. So Rhino came out, and the last time we saw Rhino, he got pilmanized by Bylan by the sign. And so we all figured, oh, Rhino's here to, to take out Eric Young and let the, the good guys win. But no, Rhino suddenly turned heel. He hit the gore on Saban and Diener got the pin. So Rhino has joined Bylan by the sign. The only thing that this tells me is that we're probably not going to get Heath uh, back anytime soon or if at all. I, I don't know, but making Rhino go heel at this point just feels like a, like a big change of direction for Rhino. So we'll see where this goes. If anything else, this Bylan by the Sign team just keeps growing. I I don't know where it's going to end. <laughs> to be completely honest, I, I don't know how big they want it to go or, or if they're going to have like any direction because this team is not challenging for titles or anything they're not they're just like beating up guys so it's kind of weird for such a big stable to grow when they're just like beating up guys but we'll see where it goes uh we had a hold harmless match which really just means no rules match uh with eddie edwards beating no yeah yeah, yeah. eddie edwards beating brand myers uh this was okay so this was a good match it's similar to Joshihashi versus Finley, you know? It's a perfe perfectly fine wrestle match. Like, I have no complaints when it comes to the in-ring work. But it is a match that I feel like I've seen, like, a hundred times by now um, between these two guys. I'm at the point where you either give them 20 minutes in a, just, like, a straight-up match so they can properly set it up and tell us a story or just end the the feud because yeah like at this point i am i'm, I'm kind of done with edwards and myers in a feud uh it just doesn't feel like it's going anywhere and that's that's my problem but uh i don't know like this the the finish of this match saw eddie win decisively with a tiger bomb and the back puck stunner and then uh he hit the the Boston E party on, on Myers for the win. So it just feels like this could be the end. There was a skit on this week's episode where it did kind of feel like the end. And it kind of feels like we're just going to go into whatever Matt Cardona and Brian Myers are going to be doing. Um, which is something also that you either like click the trigger or not do anything at all and just let them go on their separate ways. But yeah, I don't know, like it's it's just one match that I think every time we talk about this, these two guys, I always say like I just wanna see these guys have a good, like clean wrestling match with no fucking shenanigans, no Hernandez, no Cardonas, and no weapons. Just a straight match with enough time to tell me a story. Cause I think they can. I think like if if you give Eddie Edwards the, the task of pulling a, a good like Noah paced match, they can have it, I think so. And then we go into the 
the the title matches of the night because in this show they actually packed all the title matches at the end uh in a proper uh sequence i i, I really like how they they set up this whole show because from this point on i was just really enjoying everything for the most part or yeah no i enjoyed everything i think there was only just one match i was kind of like eh but we started off with the impact knockouts tag team title fire and favor the team of hogan and uh steels defeating jazz and jordan grace to retain their title i loved this match <laughs> like up to this point of the show this was my favorite match of the night um the it was similar to their matches with Havoc and Nevea in the sense that Jazz and Jordan Grace are bigger and so they have the power advantage, but Fire and Flava have the tag team uh, work advantage, and so the the idea of the match was that Jazz or Jordan Grace versus either of them in a singles like pair up. Uh, would mean that Jess and Jordan Grace would have the upper hand. But then once Fire and Flava was able to cut one of them off and just work as a tag team on them, they dominated even if they were like smaller than Jordan Grace, for instance, that's uh is pretty big. And so it was just like really good, really great tag team wrestling at the hands of Fire and Flava. And Jess and Jordan Grace have been pretty good, not necessarily as a team, but like just by themselves. And so I really, really enjoyed it. At the end, um, Hogan pinned Jordan Grace with her rolling fisherman suplex. I don't know what it's called. I should look it up because she, she does it quite often. Uh, I just don't know what it's called, but it's like it's, it's kind of like a combination between a, a crossroads and a fisherman suplex. But yeah, that was that was a really fun match. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, next up, we had the Impact X Division title match. This was TJP losing the title to Ace Austin. And I don't have to tell you that Ace Austin and TJP had a, an amazing match. Um, it's kind of like a given at this point between these two guys and, and, and throw Josh Alexander and Chris Bay into the mix. Right now, the X Division, when it comes to the, the, the four or five guys on top, and I would include... Rohi Raju into it like they just been having bangers of matches that honestly like it is incredibly underrated uh in the wrestling industry right now like not all people are paying attention to this division but holy fuck this division is on fire and and TJP and Austin I it it wasn't the match of the, well okay so Spoiler, I thought that I gave the same rating to this match and the main event. And I think that like the main event had definitely way more drama and a bigger stake at it uh, than this match for sure. But like when it comes to in-ring work, I thought that this match was just like potentially the best match of the night. Um, probably, yeah, for sure. I think in-ring work, best match of the night for sure. Um the there's not much to say it was just great like back and forward stuff like tjp is submission and high flying ace austin is high flying but can do like a bunch of stuff so uh the the match was going like from submission and chain wrestling to high flying stuff and then like some counters and reversals like those sequences like a bunch of pins and then reverse reverse 
they did some striking and and that was it like and at the end ace austin like straight up just destroyed tjp he hit a he hit a like a foot stomp ddt uh, and then he hit the fold and he got the win and it was like a straight good win for ace austin um and i was surprised that tjp lost the title so quickly well quickly ish um but i don't know like i can't really complain about ace austin winning the title and and the whole story of ace austin winning the super x cup and then having to he straight up defeated the whole x division to get here because he went through the super x cup and then he went through that whole thing with uh the first the three on three and then the three way and then the earning this shot so he straight up just kind of like defeated the whole x division to get here it, it kind of feels like he was the baby face of the story just by how many loops he had to jump to get to TJP and win the title. Uh, we continue with the Impact Knockout title match. Diana Parasso defeated ODB. Uh, this wasn't like an amazing match. Like, by all means, it wasn't the best match of, of the night <laughs> or anything like that. But I thought it perfectly did what it was supposed to do. Uh, when it comes to like the clash of styles, uh, Diana Parasso is a technician. ODB is a brawler. And the match played into that. Uh, it was a back and forward match where ODB was landing uh, half of her moves. And the other half were being... Uh, counter and reverse into submissions chasing the arm and at the end Purazo once again countered OTB into the Fujirawa armbar she turned it and transitioned into the Venus de Milo and she submitted OTB it was short it was uh, it worked to each person's uh, strength and that was it you know it was like I I like I said, it's not a, it wasn't like, oh my God, this match was just amazing. But for what it was, it was a perfectly fine, good match. Um, it just didn't have time. And and there wasn't really like need to tell like this huge story. And I don't think like, to be honest, I don't think like OTV can tell like that much of a story in the ring, to be honest. Um, I said to be honest twice, because uh, I'm really honest in this case. And so, I don't know. Purazo pretty much worked her the same match that he that she has worked on every title defense, which is working the arm, working the arm, working the arm until she manages to win. And so there's there's I have zero complaints on this match. It just uh I, I think it got as good as it could get, and and that's it. And then we had the Impact World Tag Team title match. The Good Brothers lost the titles. To Juice Robinson and David Finley, the same David Finley that is going to wrestle Jay White at the quarterfinals of the New Japan Cup. Everything is connected now. Um, I thought the match was good, but this was the one match uh, of the title matches where I was just like, eh. Like, like I said before, I'm not like super high on the Good Brothers right now. And when it comes to Finn Juice, I'm not super high on Juice Robinson right now either. I've been finding him kind of boring, to be honest. 
uh, at least this whole year since he came back from from injury. Uh, and so Finley was really like the one thing that I enjoyed the most. I, I think I enjoyed the Good Brothers more than Robinson at this point. But um, I don't know. I I, I think uh, I think this match may have hurt me a little bit because I didn't expect the titles to change. And so I was just kind of expecting the Good Brothers to do their their stuff and then win. But no, like at the end, Finn Juice actually got the win. It came off after uh, Finley saved Robinson from the Magic Killer. And then Robinson hit the, the right hand of God. I don't know if it's right or left. I think he uses the left, right? Anyway, the God of Hand. <laughs> On both guys, they got rid of Gallows, and then they hit a Doomsday device on Anderson for the win. And so, I think the the like the most interesting thing here is that we know for a fact that Finn Juice is right now in Japan, uh, and so they have to finish the tournament. They have to do the Sakura Genesis. and so that's gonna take them all the way to the twenty eighth, at least of March. And then they can probably get some time to come back to the U.S. to tape whatever. Uh, there is a storyline reasoning that's going to uh, come up in this week's episode that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, so, I don't know. It's an interesting decision. Uh, another thing that I found interesting is because I thought when it came to AEW, it was going to end up in a Good Brothers versus Young Bucks feud where the Bucks may potentially win the Impact titles. Uh, and it would just kind of like make things interesting because Impact would lose like a lot of their titles. But then, uh, you know, dissension between Omega and the Bucks and the Good Brothers. I don't know. I'm surprised that the Finjis took the titles. And I think it's actually far better than losing the titles to AEW because it adds, it adds like an extra layer of complexity on where the titles are and i wouldn't be surprised if come rebellion finjus still have the titles and swan loses the title and then it may become a thing that impact is losing <laughs> their titles to other people uh creating like some tension i don't know it may be interesting to see how that works out uh, but yeah, like, I, I don't know. I thought it was an okay match. Uh, just like not super excited about either team, to be honest. And then we got the main event, which was arguably the best match of the night. Uh, Rich Swan defeated Moose to unify the Impact World title and the TNA World Heavyweight title. Uh, this, like to me, this match just had like a year's worth of character build. Uh, for both Moose and Swan, like on one side, Moose, it all started when he started feuding with the TNA old timers because they announced the TNA show that was going to take place at WrestleMania weekend last year. And he started feuding. He eventually revived the TNA championship when Tessa Blanchard vacated hers and, and wouldn't show up. And so ever since, like T Moose has just been beating people and everyone's like, laughing at him because he has a fake title but he keeps defending it and he successfully defends it and it gets to a point where moose is just like so unstoppable and so dominant 
that the company has to accept that the title is legit and reinstated in order to like just okay moves like you fucking you you like got to the point where we're going to reinstate this title and now you have to sh to show up for for the game on the other side you have rich swan who like had a really crazy 2020 he was injured in what was potentially a career ending injury he came back he he was like a big name in that uh slammiversary five person match and then he went into a really interesting storyline building up to his return from like a second injury and won the championship at bound for glory and then he's just been on a roll having great matches left and right against every type of wrestler and and so that's when moose and swan finally collide because moose is tired of not being taken seriously and so he's going to capture the impact world title to be given the credence that he deserved swan is going up against a fucking monster you know because moose has been unstoppable moose injured willie mac moose like has been stalking swan for for months uh and so this was just two storms that started like in different like one started in the east one started in the west and they finally clash and it happened here with with swan versus moose in a unification title match and this was great that the story was pretty much similar to what they've both been working on like moose has been unstoppable to the point where he just is way more focused on hurting people than winning and then swan is just an underdog that has been fighting with all his heart to survive and that's the the story that they told us it was a dominant moose that was just unstoppable and a swan that wasn't giving up and a swan that ended up being smarter than moose and that's how he got the win uh when he uh moose went for the lights out and and, and swan countered and, and rolled him up for the for the win arguably an upset win you know it was just you know a, a perfect storm to be honest uh moose looked fantastic uh i don't know like to me it's a great tragedy that this whole aw thing is happening because this this should have been moose's crowning moment and i think he's going to get it eventually i don't know when but i think just to me moose like is incredibly elevated at this point uh definitely like over a lot of the roster in impact so it's just a matter of time to me um at this point we know that's going to be a rich swan versus kenny omega for another title versus title match at rebellion the main event and i mean we know omega's winning because because <laughs> and so it's understandable that swan won uh they were not gonna have moose versus kenny omega at rebellion for sure and i think for the benefit of that it's better that moose didn't win the title here and then lost it a month later so i'm okay with that so like i said it was uh overall a really good show um sacrifice the like impact has been having really good impact plus specials for sure like they've they've gone from being uh excuses to have something on impact plus to legit be being like pay-per-view caliber type of shows uh 
that just I mean happen to air on Impact Plus. That's that's really the only difference. But like yeah, like we have three title changes in this show. Uh we had like top built matches. We had uh talent from New Japan and you know it's it's really good. I I, I think this was a really good show. And that brings us to the fallout episode of Sacrifice. Um just let's go for a quick recap of this whole show. The show opened with the uh, with Finn choose defeating Triple XL in a non-title match. This was pretty much a squash match, um, just to show off Finley and and, and Robinson a, a little bit more. After the match, we saw Anderson and Gallows approach approach Finn Juice, and they're just like, "Hey, like we want a our rematch." Uh, cause you guys, like we were not hundred percent. We know we've been, we've been flying between dynamite and impact. We're hung over, whatever. And so Finn Juice is like, sure. I mean, you can have your rematch, but you're going to have to wait for April because we are on our way back to new Japan because we have a tour. And so as soon as we're back, like you can get your title match. And so obviously Anderson and Gallows are super mad about it. They go to Scott the Moore and they say like, yeah, like you guys are going to have to wait for Rebellion to April 24th. That's when Finn Juice are going to be coming back. And so the titles are going to be gone for over a month. <laughs> uh, it's a ballsy move. And interestingly enough, Tommy Dreamer came up to Scott Damore and brought up that, hey, so the, we don't have tag team titles now. And that's not good. That's a, that's a big mess. And Damore is kind of like, look, man, it's a good price to pay for having a working relationship with a promotion that used to hate us. Um, and it's like, look, man, like booking this fucking company right now is not easy. Like if you think you can do a better Dreamer, then go ahead. Why don't you book our next Impact Plus special? Hardcore Jazzes. And so Dreamer will be being like commissioner for, for I guess, one night uh, to book Hardcore Justice. I can already have, I already have like certain ideas of what we're going to get in Hardcore Justice. I, I think we can talk about them as they come up. Uh, so, yeah. And then we see, we got a promo by Sammy Callahan talking about Trey Miguel. This is just like incredibly boring, to be honest to me. I am done with Sammy Callahan. I don't think he has anything left to do in Impact. Um, I mean, it may suck for him that he doesn't have many job offers outside. I don't know, to be honest. Uh, but I just feel like ever since losing OBE, uh, this whole hacker Callahan is like super cheesy. The production value of his promos look more cartoony than than good and so i'm just like over callahan to be honest um so yeah he got a promo it was uh, talking about trey miguel being a phony so i mean whatever they're going to main event so we'll talk about them in a little bit we have rhino defeat jake something um this this really wasn't a match it was more of an angle they they wrestled for about three minutes before beer guns and violent by the sign started brawling outside and the distraction allowed Rhino to gore something for the win. Uh, and after the brawl, they just, by the sign, beat up the other guys and dominated the ring. So 
this was I mean it made sense it had to happen this week uh because at this point they're gonna the like storm seven and Jake something gonna have to add a uh, fourth person uh I have no idea who to be honest at this point and I am guessing hardcore justice we're going to get a, a four on four like weapons match uh I don't know like this kind of feels like it's building up to lockdown like a full metal lockdown or whatever it's called uh but i don't i don't i i cannot see this feud main event in a show to be honest but i think for sure we're gonna get a big eight man weapons match at the hardcore justice to be honest uh we got a skit with Daniel dashwood and all the heels in the promotion uh the lady heels talking about their upcoming match 12 women match uh tonight they're just um i don't know it's like a clash of egos it was okay <laughs> nothing special uh we got rohi Ryu defeating mahabali shira so rohi brought shira back to the promotion as a backup and then he got tired of him and so shira kind of he I wouldn't say turned on him, but he just like fought back. Uh, I was surprised that this match was actually kind of back and forward. Uh, we saw a lot of it was like a speed versus power match. You know, the your usual Rohit just goes around and attacks you and dodges. And then she uh, gets his hands on you and he just beats the shit out of you. And at the end, uh Rohit got a roll up and his feet on the ropes for the win. I like at this point, this is nothing, but I am curious to see where this goes. Uh, for one, we know that Shira lost because of a fluke. <laughs> so I'm wondering if Rahu is going to bring someone else to fight Shira. I wondering if Shira's going to stay as a monster or if we're going to see like the Shira shake again. This is really interesting. Um I don't even know if Shira's going to stay with Impact beyond the current tapings. Um cuz I think today's episode, well yeah, I think most of today's episode was done was taped pre-sacrifice. And so I don't know what we're going to be seeing next week. Uh, and and Shira's status is just one that makes me wonder what's gonna happen between these two guys. Uh, we got uh, we actually got a really really fun uh, segment where Rich Swan came down to the ring and he's just talking about you know uh, winning the titles from Moose and what it means to be a double champion and how he now has a chance to to go against Kenny Omega and and like he said that ever since Hard to Kill. Uh, losing to Omega and taking the one week that Angel has been on his mind and it's just haunted him so he wants to get the win back and to show who the real best wrestler in the world is I mean your usual babyface promo but then Don Callis came out and he cut an amazing promo on Swan he just like he was just like dancing around Swan uh First off, he's like all passive aggressive. Like he hugs Swan and he's like, dude, I'm so proud of you. 
Like I'm, I'm, I'm your biggest fan. You know, like I signed you Swan to Impact. I made sure to that when you we were injured, you kept getting paid, and I checked on you weekly. Uh, you are like my shiny toy. I made sure that you were in Bound for Glory, the 2020 main event, and and like Swan was like, yeah, like I cannot deny any of this, and but then like Don Callis started to like get more more aggressive than passive and he said like you're my shiny toy man but like my uncle once told me a a story you know that when when don Callis was young he bought a car with his first dressing paycheck and then he saw someone else who had a better car and his uncle told him like hey man like whatever you do in this world there's always going to be someone better and so He told Swan, like, you, you're a shiny toy and you're really good. But there's someone else has a shinier toy and that is Kenny Omega. And look, Swan, you are one of the best. You're like one of a uh, in a decade, you know, like you're once in a decade type of wrestler. But Omega is a once in a millennia. And we all know that. Ever since Hard to Kill, like, like you've been you've been fantastic, but there's one thing in the back of your head that you know it's haunting you, and it's the one week that Angel and like it's it's there, you know, and he just said like, look, I've been with Omega, and every time he's made history, you know, beating Okada, uh, beating Moxley, and appearing here like everything that omega has done i've i've been there and so at rebellion i'm going to be here when he beats you swan and and you and me we're both gonna witness history when omega hits the one week then angel and becomes a double a triple promotion champion you know just fantastic fantastic work from dan Callis. uh go definitely go watch this promo like It wasn't that long. I think it's like five or, or six minutes, but it was just so, so good. Like Don Callis is Jesus fuck. Like he's he's a hell of a promo right now. Um, <clears throat> uh, backstage, we saw Eddie Edwards and Matt Cardona just pretty much saying like, hey, thanks for being, you know, having my back all for this last month. Myers walked up and Eddie Edwards like took, took off, but then Myers is like, dude, like Cardona, like, Why the fuck are you here in Impact? Just like leave. Impact's mine. I want to do this by myself. You don't need Impact. Uh, Impact doesn't need you. And so Matt Cardona's like, oh, I want to be in Impact too. And so again, I don't know where this is going. It feels like Edwards versus Cardona is over. I mean, versus Myers is over. But I think we're barely going to get into whatever Cardona and Myers are going to be doing. Uh, we got the 12 women. Um, knockout match, <laughs> I guess. Uh, Jordan Grace, Jazz, Alicia, Ed, well, now I think now she's called going by Alicia, which is Alicia Edwards. Havoc, Nevea, I know DB defeated. Diana Parasso, Fire and Flavor, uh, Kira Hogan, and Tasha Steels, Susan, Kimberly, and Tennille Dashwood. Uh, this match had zero stipulation. It was just put all the women in the fight for no reason. Uh, I do imagine that the finish is going to pay off and eventually become something. It's already been announced, kind of, but 
we're still need to see where, where it goes. This as a wrestling match, it was nothing. It was an exhibition match. Uh, like nothing happened. Like absolutely nothing happened. But everyone got to get their shit in. So good for them. Um, the finish of the match saw Jazz submit Kimberly with an STF, and that was it. I we've already got the announcement that we're going to get Jazz versus Diana Parasso next week, which I'm guessing Jazz wins in a way, and sets up Diana versus Jazz for the title at Hardcore Jazz Justice. Um. Uh, but beyond that, I have no idea what the other women were going to do. Uh, I guess you can go back to Havoc and Nevaeh versus Kogan and Tasha Steeles, but I doubt it. Uh, maybe ODB and Grace can challenge for the titles. I don't know, to be honest. Uh, it, it didn't seem like we were getting any direction with anyone else in this match other than Jazz and, and Parasso, to be honest. So when it comes to the women, I am really lost to see what happens at Hardcore Justice and Rebellion for that matter. Um, I think I think they need to bring in like two more knockouts just to mix things up, to be honest. Like they need to recover losing Kylie Ray and Taya, I think, at this point. We got an interview. Uh, Gia Miller interviewed the exhibition champion Ace Austin. Uh, Austin's pretty much just saying like, hey, it was, it was going to happen. You know, you all knew that once I faced TJP for the title, I was going to win. Blah, blah, blah. Chris Bay and Josh Alexander interrupted. And they say like, hey, man, we both got wins over you. I think we deserve a title shot. And then TJP pretty much skipped the line and said like, hey, next week I got my rematch clause. And I want my title back. And uh, the earth is flat. And so... uh Next week, we're going to be having TJP versus Ace Austin rematch. Again, it was the best in-ring match of the, the Sacrifice show. So we may be in for a really good uh, match next week. It should main event, to be honest. Um, I don't know if it will, but it should main event the show. And then we got the main event of this episode of Impact. Sammy Callahan defeated Trey Miguel. The match, to be honest, I found it incredibly long and boring. This went through three commercial um, interruptions. Like, they both wrestled well. Trey Miguel looked really good. He was selling his ankle and everything he did looked good. I just didn't really care for this match at all. Like, this storyline has, like, nothing to fall behind. And I don't know. I I didn't really care for this main event. It, it was so long that it's one of those main events where you just, like, you keep looking at the clock because you know it's, it's going to close the show. And so you're like, are they going to have an angle or not? Are they going to have an angle or not? And then it gets, like, to five minutes and you're like, ah, they're probably not going to have an angle. So let's just go to a finish. Is that it? Is that it? Is that it? And then it just ends. And that's it. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. Like, I wasn't a big fan. Uh, Sammy Callahan won with a package power driver when Trey Miguel wasn't able to hit the Meteora because the referee was on the way. But realistically, he could have just gone for it. Um, 
I don't know. It it's it's a weird finish to be honest. We'll we'll see how they follow it up. Uh because that's something else like we at this point we need to see how Trey Miguel reacts to lo- to losing and how Callahan follows it up with a promo most likely. Uh but yeah, we're definitely getting a rematch. This may be a weapons match also at Hardcore Justice. That's a thing like Hardcore Justice is gonna be probably a, a lot of weapons matches, which I'm not a big fan of right now. And so I guess this may just be one of those. Um We'll see. But yeah, that was impact. Overall, I thought it was like a weak-ish show. I didn't think a lot of happened. Like we got two squash matches. And then like the six the twelve women match, nothing happened. The main event was kind of boring. And so overall, it was like I don't know. It, it felt like heavy storyline wise but like in ring stuff it was just like pretty weak and i don't know like we're we're headed into hardcore justice and i'm it's gonna be weird to see how they build that show up i think i have confidence to think that they're gonna build a decent show when when sacrifice was announced i was like i don't know how they're gonna build sacrifice it doesn't feel like a big deal but then they had a pretty good show. So I think Hardcore Justice may end up having a, a pretty decent thing. Um, so far for next week, they announced TJP versus Ace Austin, Deanna versus Jazz, and Carl Anderson versus Eddie Edwards. And without Finn Juice in the country, we may be going into a Carl Anderson, Eddie Edwards uh, type of feud. Maybe Good Brothers versus Eddie at someone else. Which could be interesting. I think it's going to be a good placeholder and thing to do with the Good Brothers before Finn Juice returns for the Rebellion show. So it'll be interesting. Hey, hey, if it means no more Eddie Edwards versus Brian Myers matches, I'm all for it. <laughs> so yeah, that was Impact. It was okay. You know, Sacrifice was way better. And with that, we are going to close the show. It was a long show. Uh, there was just like way too too much New Japan happening at this point. And, and like I said, I didn't even get to watch Noah and DDT this weekend. I haven't watched Stardom since the Cinderella show. I haven't watched Tokyo Joshi. Like I started watching the, the Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling Tag Team Tournament. I only was able to watch two shows. I haven't finished it. I already know who won. But uh, then the New Japan Cup started and it just took all my time. So I am so, so ready for it to end and just get a chance to watch other stuff right now. Uh, We are still watching All Japan Women's uh, shows on Friday nights on twitch.tv slash zero 2k. That's zero as in Mexican and Spanish. Cero dos k. Uh, we are, are, we start at 7 p.m. Mountain time around 7, 730. Um, and we watch one episode of, of the old Japan women's classics retro hour. They usually go about one hour and they have between four and three matches. And I, I try to research as much as I can prior to the show so I can explain as much as I can. So, you know, like join us, uh, Last week we had a, a good crowd watching watching some women's wrestling from the 80s in Japan. So you know, join us. Uh, I open the invitation to everyone who wants to join and ju- just watch some good wrestling and, and talk about wrestling. You know, um, 
But yeah, but other than that, you can go to Spotify and iTunes and find this episode and other episodes of the WRPX podcast. You can go to WRPSpodcast.com, which I always forget to, to promote, but it's there uh, where you can find all the, the episodes that we've done. Uh, you can go to TheWrestlingRevolution.com where you can find the written versions of every show that we talked about tonight. Uh, yes, all of all of the New Japan shows are written there. Uh, you can go to Figure4WOnline, F4WOnline.com where you can see the Impact uh, recap that I, I do every Tuesday night live as Impact is happening. So you can always drop there to also to read the full description of what happened at, on Impact. And finally, you can go to DWRevolution on Twitter. <laughs> you can find me there uh, for your, all your wrestling needs. And I think that's all the plugs that I have. Uh, you know, th- there are so many now that I, I, I probably forget one. But anyway, that is it for this week. I hope you had a pleasant, pleasant week. And I hope you enjoy the New Japan Cup uh, finals as much as I will. Here's hoping for William Osprey, that beautiful boy from Essex, England. Let's hope he wins. So that is it. Thank you. Adios. Well, that's about it. Son of a gun, we've enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it, but we'll be right back again. For Corey Macklin, Dave Brown, Lance Russell saying bye-bye, everybody.